Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, Gid MK, aka The Health Nerd, and for this episode, I'm delving into the terrifying world of medical mistakes. From misdiagnoses to drug errors, from misscans to inappropriate tests, from the merely benign to the patently horrifying, medical errors are something of a nightmare for all of us. There's something especially disturbing about the thought that you could go into the hospital to be cured and instead be harmed that speaks to a fear inside everyone. And if you've been reading the headlines, it certainly sounds like there's something to worry about. Medical mistakes harm more than one in ten patients. Many are preventable, says uh, NBC News from America with the subtitle, At least 12% of preventable errors caused permanent disability or death, according to a review of studies involving over 300,000 patients. The Daily Mail went with the slightly less alarmist, Half of injuries and deaths that occur due to medical errors are preventable, scientists claim, as they warn avoidable side effects and infections cost health services billions. And the New York Daily News went with more than one in ten patients harmed by medical mistakes. Half were preventable, study says. If you're someone who uses medical care, which covers, well, all of us, it doesn't sound great. If the news is to be believed, hospital care is almost as fatal as the diseases it's meant to treat. Fortunately for everyone, the reality is a bit more complicated than that. Potentially preventable patient harm is certainly an issue and something the medical world is working on every day, but it isn't quite as scary as you might have been told. Doctors probably aren't killing you just yet. The study that has the media in a tizzy about medical monstrosity was what's known as a systematic review and and meta-analysis. In this type of research, scientists use a comprehensive protocol to search for every study that has ever been published on a topic. They then review all of these studies and include the ones that match pre-specified inclusion criteria. They also pool all of the statistical analyses from these trials into one meta-estimate, which gives you an idea of how big an effect there is overall across all of the studies that have been done on a topic. And this type of study is a form of research that really it looks at gathering all of the information on a topic across hundreds or even thousands of journals because there are so many trials being published every day that it is impossible to review them in a systematic way without a very broad protocol. In this particular review, the scientists found over 7,000 studies originally and included 70 in their final analyses. In total, these 70 studies represented the experience of about 340,000 patients, which is quite a lot. They found that overall, about 6% of the patients in these trials experienced what they called preventable patient harm. This took a huge variety of forms because harm is a very general term and the studies were very different, but usually meant something like people who had been prescribed the wrong dosage of medication, or whose tests had been incorrectly classified, or results missed, or something along those lines. 
Um, the harm across different specialties, for example, was very different. Surgery obviously had more surgical site infections, whereas uh, the emergency department had more things like results missed and, and um, similar issues. So there was a difference by specialties, and some medical specialties had much worse rates of preventable harm than others. For example, pediatrics had a very low rate of harm, whereas intensive care had much higher rates. Overall, the scientists concluded that preventable harm was a pretty big issue, and that it's probably something that we should all care about because, well, it's preventable. Cue the horrified gasps and media outrage. So, if you're a listener to this podcast, you'll probably know that it's a bit more complex than the media has said. Uh, so what were the issues with this study? Well, the first thing to note is that anyone talking about medical mistakes was spouting absolute nonsense. Potentially preventable harm, like they looked at in this study, is a very broad topic that does, of course, include outright mistakes, like accidentally cutting someone's artery during surgery, or, as recently happened in North Sydney, removing the wrong part of someone's bowel. But it also includes things that aren't really mistakes, like people whose test results are missed because the pathology lab didn't send them back until they were already discharged from hospital. I mean, there's not a specific mistake made there, it's just a system that may not be catering to the form of care that the patient requires. It also includes things that aren't even technically medical. I mean, if you fall on your way to the toilet because the hospital floor is slick and there isn't anything for you to hold on to, that is harm caused by a medical institution that is potentially preventable. And most of the studies in, in this review would have included it, and I know that they would, because all of the examples I just gave came from studies that were included in the review itself. The thing about harm that is potentially preventable is just that. You can potentially prevent it. That doesn't mean that anyone made a mistake, because often it's much more complex than that. If you get what's known as a hospital-acquired infection, for example, it's usually impossible or very difficult to figure out exactly how it happened. There are just too many possibilities to know which one it was. That being said, we know that we can reduce the rates of these infections through a variety of means, so they're often considered preventable, because even though they may not be mistakes as such, or necessarily identifiable as mistakes, we can stop them. The idea of a preventable, medical, uh, a preventable medical harm is quite complicated because it's often really hard to identify a mistake. Even if something is preventable, it may not be preventable at the time it happened. There were also other issues with the study that make it quite hard to interpret. Much of the research was old, with some studies that looked at data as early as 1992, or even 1990. Now, it's possible that these older studies are still relevant today, but it's worth noting that in the intervening 30-odd years, medicine has changed quite a bit. What was once immutable has become preventable, and was what, what was once considered preventable may have become less so. 
It's hard to know whether using these old pieces of research has influenced the rate of preventable harm without redoing the work of the study, which means that the issue might actually be a little bit less problematic than the study identified. We just can't know. Another problem with the study was what's known as publication bias. Now, publication bias is the idea that papers that are more interesting or noteworthy are much more likely to be published, and thus included in reviews like this one, than papers with less impressive findings. There's even a whole area of research dedicated to looking into issues like this, called meta-research, that has demonstrated that publication bias is a serious issue in most fields. In this case, it looks like studies that provided higher estimates of the number of preventable events were much more likely to get published. In the study, they even identified that this effect was statistically significant. What this means is that there's probably a load of unpublished research out there that's found little to no impact of preventable harm on patients, but we can't see it in these results because it's uninteresting. Remember, this is scientists this would be scientists finding that there is no problem, which is a very boring thing to say, so it's never made it into a scientific journal. It's likely that if we included all of the studies that have never been published on this topic, the results would be much less scary than the 6% reported everywhere. There was one other minor issue with the study, or relatively major issue with the study, which is to do with something called heterogeneity. Basically, a study like this relies on the ability to pool results from various different studies. But if those studies are really different to each other, the estimate that you come up with is much less reliable. And this is measured with something that is called an I-squared statistic in most um, meta-analyses. In this meta-analysis, the I-squared statistic was above 99%. Uh, for reference, uh, a statistic of 0 to 20% is considered low, 20 to 50 medium, um, 50 to 70 high, and 70 to 100% is considered very high. So this study, essentially, uh, include in, in their meta-estimate, included results from so many trials that were so different that it's very hard to trust the 6% figure that came out as being reliable or accurate. Ultimately, this is a story of sensationalism ruining what is actually really interesting and important research. Preventable harm in hospital settings is a massively important topic, if only because it is exactly what the name implies. Preventable. That doesn't mean that anyone made a mistake at the time when the harm happened, but it does mean that making changes to the medical system can potentially stop the harm from happening. The main finding from this research isn't that everyone needs to be terrified of doctors lurking around the corner at their local ED waiting to strike, but that the medical system as a whole needs to have a more open discussion about what it can do to prevent patient harm in medical settings. Some of these problems may never be able to be fixed, but that isn't a reason not to try. What it definitely didn't show is that 1 in 10 patients is the victim of a medical mistake, which are mostly preventable, as the headlines implied. The reality is that many of these potentially preventable issues will take many years of careful intervention to overturn because they involve massive, complex systems, 
and people who are, after all, only human. If you see silly headlines like this, it's always worth being cautious. Check the story, check the study, and have a think about what it might all actually mean. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at SensiPod or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, GitMK, and you can find me on Twitter at GitMK or Medium at GitMK or Facebook at GitMK Health Nerd. Have a great week, and remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. Thank you.